TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 556, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom. I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Wadenopolis. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. All right, Tom, hit us with the news. Okay, at Amazon, The Legend of Vox Machina has been picked up for season three, and Outer Range inexplicably has been, been, been renewed for season two, but they have uh, hired Charles Murray as the new showrunner. So hopefully it will be better. <laughs> One can hope. Apple TV Plus has announced a Time Bandit series from Taika Waititi, and they've set the cast, uh, leading cast of Lisa Kudrow and Charlene Yee. Alice Braga and Jimmy Simpson have been cast in Dark Matter. Anders Holm will join Godzilla and the Titans in a recurring role. And Oprah has left the building. She has ended her multi-year deal with Apple TV Plus uh, that's been going since 2018. They will proceed on a project-by-project basis. At Disney Plus, the Goosebumps series has cast Justin Long in a leading role. And Anna Yi Pui, Miles McKenna, and Will Price have also been cast. Epic's canceled... Uh, Bridge and Tunnel after season two. Fox has renewed Dan Harmon's Crapopolis ahead of its series premiere. HBO has announced that Matthias Schoenhartz from Amsterdam has, will join Kate Winslet in the limited series The Palace. HBO Max, this is cool news, Dune the Sisterhood prequel series about the Bene Gesserit has cast Emily Watson and Shirley Henderson as sisters Valya and Tula Harkonnen. That sounds great. Uh, Max has also ordered a Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special. Uh, <laughs> they should just call it My Bloody Valentine. There you go. Um, they've also given a straight-to-series order to How to Be a Bookie from Chuck Lorre and Nick Bacay. Jim Gaffigan will join Steven Soderbergh and Ed Solomon's limited series Full Circle. And the Velma animated Scooby-Doo series has added Sam Richardson, Constance Wu, Weird Al Yankovic, and a bunch of other people to the cast. Sorry, you son, bad news. Keanu Reeves has anchored The Devil in the White City. I know, I saw that. I'm so sad because that would have been an actual TV show that I could watch him every week. <laughs> <laughs> They've also ordered an eight-episode limited series based on the Rebecca Godfrey novel, Under the Bridge. NBC has given a series order for Michael Malley's sitcom about an amicable voice about an amicable divorce starring John Cryer, Abigail Spencer, and Donald Faison. Uh, let's see. Paramount Plus, uh, 1923, a Yellowstone origin story, has cast Jennifer Ely. And 1883 alum Stephanie Noor will join Lioness, Taylor Sheridan's other series for Paramount Plus. They might as well just change the network to Star Trek and Taylor Sheridan Network. Yeah. Peacock has ordered a community movie. Peacock has ordered a community movie. So this fulfills their their prophecy, six seasons in a movie. Dan Harmon is hopeful that that Donald Glover will return. I doubt that. Wave enough money at people. They might be able to get him for a cameo. Um, 
Chris Messina has been cast opposite Kaylee Cuoco in Based on a True Story, and Peacock has canceled the Queer's Folk reboot. Finally, Showtime has greenlit The Venery of Samantha Bird, a psychological thriller starring Katherine Langford. And that's the news. All right, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk House of the Dragon, and uh, this was the worst family reunion ever. Uh, also known as a funeral. So we had, I know we had two episodes, but I feel like, okay, what somebody died in the, oh yeah, someone died in the first one to get the funeral in the second one. So I'm trying to, oh, the wife died. Oh, that was pretty uh, good. Dana, where she like, yeah, I, mean, Dana, I like the fact that she's like, screw letting my husband decide whether to cut me open yeah. and kill me. There seems to be a lot of that going around in Westeros, too. Yeah, but I do give Damon credit that he was like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, I thought like, he, he got big props for that. Yeah, he got, he got because he, he's like, I don't want to risk my wife. And they were like, well, we don't know how we're going to stop the bleeding. And she was like, screw all this. I'm going to have my dragon kill me. Um, and I really thought that was a really cool and powerful moment. Yes. Um, but I will say the next episode, which was her funeral, I mean, her funeral itself was was interesting and pretty, but oh my God, just <laughs> the relatives all hanging around one room, yelling at each other, fighting each other. Though the kids' fight was kind of brutal. Uh, and I, I did, great. I kind of... I liked Eamon at first because he was being bullied. And I was like, oh, that's so sad. But, oh, my God, he became a jerk. Like, as soon as he got a dragon and got any kind of power whatsoever, he instantly became a terrible person. Um, power yeah. corrupts. Power corrupts. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to say I'm kind of over this show already. Like, they need to do, like, just, it feels the stakes are so small yeah um it's just one family bickering and fighting and stabbing it's, it's each other like who's it's, gonna like it's all end funny up games being... so somebody loses an eye sort of situation it's like who's gonna end up being king i was uh, you oh. know who's... well yeah. that that really is that that is the the, the point of this it's a civil yeah, yeah. war yeah that's and it. and most of the people who are fighting are related to each other in one way or another or and i i don't know i i actually like this episode more than I've liked a lot of stuff that came before it because I feel like I think the two that that led up to this um I feel like we're finally getting some momentum in the story we're finally pushing forward to the actual war that takes place right. and while while it certainly doesn't have the the kind of stakes that we were looking at with Game of Thrones um, I've settled myself to to saying, okay, well, this is what it is, and it's still going to be, you know, this horrific war where there's, you know, terrible carnage, and they, it's, it's a family imploding. They're killing themselves off, and uh, I think that, you know, we're moving toward that. Absolutely, um, we are. So I, I I actually enjoyed more of this episode. I think part part of the fact that I enjoyed this episode was that unlike a lot of people, I could actually see most of yeah. it. <laughs> um, me too, me too. I was one of the lucky ones. Now, granted, I to, it, it, I had to change my television to vivid because I watched the first scene and I was like, I see floating white wigs. Like that was all I could see. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know where they are. And then there's like the scene with the boy where he's running across the beach, the first time I tried to watch the scene, I could just hear it. I couldn't wow. see anything. Wow. I didn't even wow. know who it was. Wow. I was like, 
who's breathing, who's running, what's happening. Like, I can yeah, from what I understand, that's not unusual. A lot of people had that problem. I now, like the thing is, I could see it, and I thought it looked terrible because what they were doing was shooting day for night. So everything came out Correct. gray. Correct. Um, so it just, and, and uniform, and there, there were shadows in the wrong places, and it just looked dreadful. It looked um, terrible. It, I mean, really, it was not, it was, I, don't, I don't know why they felt the need to do that. They certainly had the budget to, to shoot it Good at the night, appropriate yeah. time of day. Um, you know, maybe with, I don't know, maybe it was a tide thing because it was all on the beach, but it, whatever it was, it looked, it looked dreadful. Um, and it's a shame because it was, they had key moments happening, especially, Very key. uh, Eamon, um, you know, finally getting the dragon, uh, on his side and, and taking it for a little spin and all of that should have looked glorious. Amazing. Right. And instead it, it just looked gray. And and that was kind of unfortunate. Um, if you can and see it at all, it looked yeah, like it's between it's, the lens. I was just like, it would look very dirty, and I thought, it did. you know, yeah, you know, well, I mean? you know, it's it's all because they shot it during daylight, and then they they just put a gray filter over it to make it look like they'd shot it at night, and it never looks good. And and it had the effect of anyone who had a darker setting because it's all uniformly gray. Anyone was darker, couldn't see it at all. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was just a bad idea. And that's, that's unfortunate. Cause like I said, it was, it was a great idea for the scene. And there were certain things that happened during it, that during the it was important episode stuff. that yeah. were, that, that was great. I mean, happened. A lot you know, uh, happened. including one thing that apparently is, is not from the book. They actually had, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rhaenyra's husband, uh, who they, they tried to kill off, um, he survived and apparently yeah. he doesn't in the book. And oh. I, I was very surprised about that because it really looked like, okay, well, he's gotten away, so they're setting him up for something. And now I'm confused. Are they are they planning on doing something radically different, or did they just I, decide now we like him, so we want him to live? I, uh, it was it was, but it was nice. It was nice that they went in that direction. Uh, Yusun, go ahead. I I'll go. I'll, I'll start there. Uh, I don't know. Um, I that was not a surprise to me at all because she gave that whole speech, which was pretty decent about how she doesn't want to be a tyrant because they were clearly talking about killing him you know what i mean or you mm -hmm. know she was like you have to, he has to die and she's like i know you know and then but she then she kind of was like i don't want to be a tyrant and i was like oh she's gonna make him live and then i thought it was very weird that he would ask his lover and that his lover would do it i didn't feel like there was enough of a of a carrot for him to kill this you know the man that i yeah but then that's the thing is he doesn't so yeah. no that's why i'm saying i guessed it do you know what I mean? I yeah. was like, it didn't set it up. They, you know, all of that. But here's what I will say. I'll, it, it's very interesting to hear what you both, both have to say, because I literally agree with both of you, which is really hilarious. Like, it seems like that's not possible because I think the last two episodes were probably the best. I think they're finally going somewhere. Um, I liked the episode, but at the same time, I'm kind of over it. Like, I'm going to continue watching it. But uh, here's the thing for me. Uh, the whole incest thing. Uh, you know, on its surface, like, you know, okay, that's gross, but it's House of, it's, you know, it's Game of Thrones. Like, it's not shocking. We don't care. It obviously moves the plot forward. So that's not like, oh, it's ruining it for me. However, 
if it's going to be that like scandalous and that like gripping, I actually have to believe it. I think they have zero chemistry with each other. I think I agree with you with that. Right. I think he had way more chemistry with the younger version of her, which I'm uncomfortable saying, but as long as she's (laughs) overage, you know, the one that was like a teenager that looked like a child, you know, that one was hot. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. First of all, she was 22, but that being said, that's a glaring problem for me, though, then. You know what I mean? Like, they age her up so that they can sleep together. And, yes, even though I didn't have as much trouble as everybody else, like, the sex scene was weird. It was just sort of, like, dreamlike. And I was like, I don't know. Now it looks like Skinamax. I was like, if you're going to go Game of Thrones, you know, just commit to it. You know, make it kind of lascivious and, you know, passionate and, like, you know, give me some fire. For me, the most fiery scene – and listen – Regular podcasters and you and all y'all will um, be surprised at this. You know how much I hate child actors. I thought the child, the children scene was fantastic. I thought the fight was so violent and scary. And, and, you know, you want to talk about stakes. I had no idea who was going to survive that fight. You know what I mean? I was so sure one of those kids was. Yes. Yes. And I thought, oh, this is great. I was like, they are committing to this. And the acting was great. Is it Eamon? Did you say? Is it Eamon? Yeah. 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 Yeah, They get wonderful child actors for this show. Yeah. So him with the dragon, uh, you know, when he was like, he, he had to show so many emotions like fear and strength and then like when he was riding on the dragon and he was almost falling off and then he came back like all super power hungry and all I mean that was like a whole journey for me you know what I mean I was like he's a man now like and then when he when they were all in that um the room and then he thought his mother was this and, th- and then he's the one that steps up and just squashes everything do you know what yeah, I mean he and he's it. like yeah. it's don't worry about it it was like worth the price and I was yeah. like, dang. And even the the hand was like, wow, nice job, you know? So for me, <laughs> like, you That's know what I mean? the first time Eamon looked mature, even though he was still a bully. I still, that, I liked him before. Yeah, yeah. But then this is like, okay, because I mean, he was like, well, you should have claimed the dragon. I was like, it's her mom's funeral. Yes, I hated that too. And she's like six years old. So, yeah, you know. What the heck, man? No, but I I will agree with you there as well. jerk. I will agree with you there as well, Libya. I liked him and I was sympathetic towards him and I thought, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But again, that's that's the effectiveness of the episode in his acting because by the end, I was like, oh, that little stinker. You know what I mean? And I was like, I was was rooting for you, dude. But like that being said, that gripped me. That made the show. Yeah, that was good. I agree. I agree. So it's interesting because the episode, like I I will only thing I will say, and I want your opinion on this real quick. The guy with the limp, I can't remember his name. Laris. Brother, yeah. yeah. That dude is terrible at being, they're like, you're so subtle. I was like, no, you're not. (laughs) He's like, he comes up to Like a cartoon anvil falling from the sky. That's how subtle he is. He's He's twirling that mustache. Would you like me to, would you like me to get another eye for an eye? I was like, uh, everyone will know who did it. Like, no, that's a terrible (laughs) idea. Yeah. No. The thing is, you know, the thing that I hate about his character, everyone is saying, oh, you know, he's, he's the new, um, little finger, little finger. uh, Little finger. And no, he's not because first of all, I haven't even been able to figure out what his motivations are. They've never really shown that he had like a really horrific relationship with his father or brother. And that's why he wants them dead. Or that, you know, he stood to gain so much. He actually, I mean, he actually doesn't have that much to gain by destroying his house. 
You know um, what? I mean, because that's effectively what he's done. And, and you know, he just walks around being evil all the time. And no he reason. was like, he, for well, no reason. He was, I, he's a lawyer. He's a lord. He already has status in, even though he, he's he, got a limp, he has status in this, in this world. It's not like Littlefinger who came from nothing and had to, to he, wheedle his way through this world and, and work his way up. So I don't understand why he does, other than the fact that, oh, crippled people are evil trope. Um, <laughs> I think it's the other way around. Why now. he's doing what he's doing. I, I think it's the other way around. To, to answer your question, Libya, and to address what you just said, I think it is about him being crippled, but it's a different trope. I think it's just, I, I mean, you said it and you, you were kind of like, I don't think it's that. I do. I think it, you were like, besides the fact that he's crippled, I think that's the old trope that he feels disregarded. He feels, you know, disenfranchised. That's not the word I was looking for. He, he feels, you know, um, no, no power. He feels dismissed. So I think it is one of the weakest, oldest tropes, right? Ableism, if you, I don't know, uh, where we're suddenly supposed to believe that he feels so emasculated and so whatever that the only thing like you said Allison I don't know why else he would do it like it those show the show hasn't given us any other reason so to no, me they haven't and the, the thing is yeah. they haven't even given us enough reason where that's concerned because if we saw if we Correct. saw his father and his brother treating Correct. him badly, Correct. then okay, I would have gotten there that. Was one but scene. we don't. They include him in everything. Yeah, no, no. There was one scene. It wasn't about him. You're right. It wasn't the father and the, the brother necessarily. But there was a scene outdoor, outside, something, something, where he definitely, I felt like, was brushed aside. And, and he was sort of like, no one saw him, basically. Not that they treated him poorly, but that he was unseen, which a lot of disabled people right. do feel. So I'm not saying it was good. I'm not, I, I'll, yeah, no, I'm not we, we need to move on. We we need to move on. We've been on this for almost 20 minutes, so we got to keep move on. We got to keep going. Uh, so I would say I think we have a little mixed uh, opinions about. I'm these dead last center. Episodes. Uh, but we need to move on. Uh, we'll see how the season ends. Next up, we're going to talk interview with a vampire, and I think AMC Plus has put out two, but I think we can only review one. Is that right? Yes. Let's just talk about the pilot. How about that? Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I know the second episode is great. A, a, I know a that's lot of correct. stuff. Yeah, really. You you kind of you kind of need to see the two of them together. Do, they they work so perfectly as a piece. Honestly. Yeah, but I, I, I guess I'm not sure. Okay, well, how about we'll talk one first and make a clean break from one to two, so people so can someone, stop if they doesn't want to get spoiled. They oh, can there stop. you go. <laughs> that seems uh, fair. So let's talk. Let's start with Tom actually, since he didn't talk on our last one. What did you think of the pilot of Interview with a Vampire? I really liked it. And my only exposure to Anne Rice's, uh, to the story was the misbegotten film version of the 90s. I know some people really like it. I am not one of them. I thought Kirsten Dunst was amazing. I thought Brad Pitt was miscast. Let's and not Tom talk about Cruise. the movie. We don't want to talk, I don't want to talk about the movie at all. But Let's no, no. But what I thought was really interesting is by making Lewis Black they really leaned into the cultural differences between an Anglo version of the character and the African-American version of the character. Yes. And I, thought, I thought that gave them some really interesting story things to play with. Yeah. But in terms of the casting, I thought it was a strong pilot. I mean, it had bite, literally. And it is, <laughs> uh, and it is not for the faint of heart because it no, gets really violent. But I no, say, the very violence sexy. actually surprised me. I thought that the violence was like 
you're watching, you're going along. The episode seems kind of meaty, medium level of violence or whatever. But when he stuck his hand through that priest's head, oh my gosh! I was watching the boys. I literally I was not really expecting that. No, I was not. No, no, it was, it was, it was. But no, I, I just thought, you know, lushly produced. It's, it's too bad Anne Rice didn't get, didn't live to see this version because I think she would have really dug it. Oh, I think so too. And they, the advantage of doing a novel like that that is so rich and beloved by so many people with a cult following is, when you do an adaptation, you have time to let the story material breathe. I also thought it was interesting what they did with the framing device. The fact that this is the second time that right. the this is the second set of interviews Interview. with the vampire, and the fact that neither one was ready for different reasons. And I know that everybody's not sold on Bogosian, but I thought he was great because he has that right bit of smugness that sometimes you want to pimp slap him, but sometimes it's like, okay, you got, you're onto something there. So, I mean, right. he's a typical, he, he's a stereotypical or prototypical obnoxious journalist. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yes. Uh, no, I, I really liked that part of it. I, I, I yeah. thought that that was a great way of, of acknowledging not only the book, but the movie as well in its own way by saying, yes, this other, this interview did happen before we did have this thing and just what you saw, you know, happen with him being attacked and, and left on his own that happened too. But now we've moved on and we're having this interview and clarifying things and, and changing others. So details may be different. So I, I really, I liked that. It, it was like, okay, so for everyone who was worried that it was going to erase what came before, no, we're acknowledging it. And, and I, I really liked that. And I got the impression the people who are making this uh, version really are knowledgeable about uh, the, the whole, you know, vampire trilogy and the, you know, all the, the vampire universe that she created and, and know the, uh, the material inside and out and really ap appreciate the material. So, um, I just, I, I really enjoyed this ride. I was, I was kind of wondering how they would approach doing Louie as uh, a black man and changing the, the time that this takes place from the late 1700s to the early 1900s. Um, but so far, everything is, it actually makes it fuller and richer. And, and they're still hitting the same story beats. And I um, like the seduction felt much more deliberate. Oh, oh yeah, very deliberate, very, it's very deliberate. deliberate. And and very what deliberate. I what I appreciate too is that, and I mean, you know, being that it's 2022, um, they can lean into the subtext and make it actual right. subtext. Text. There's no text. They were just slapping <laughs> you with the text. text. There was a big old text, yeah. and they were slapping um, you across. Yusin, Yusin, I'm going to ask you to start our discussion on episode two. Well, well okay, fair, but but let me just. I got to say it's something about one because it leads into two. Uh, Allison said this. I think it's essential to see both one and two because as I liked one, I didn't, I didn't at all hate it. I didn't love it. And I, I, I think I, I'm, I should be allowed to say a few things, but I'll go into two right now. I thought two actually just, here's what I really liked about it. Cause we were, we're we just talked about sex to subtext and text uh, Freudian. I think I was about to say sex. Um, 
I like that they didn't take so long. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, the series, all series now are so short, so they have to do it. But like you said, or Allison said, uh, you know, there's no subtext. So so it, it was just kind of like, you know, he was fascinated by him and he acted on it. And now they're in a relationship and he's already going through his existential crisis, like all of it. As someone who read the books, uh, and I almost never read books more than once, as someone who saw the movie, and yes, Tom, I didn't love it, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, absolutely, uh, you know, uh, 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 all the fault faults aside, all of it doesn't matter. So this is what I'm going to say about the second episode. I thought that it, 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 um, it's sort of like planting all the seeds and then it growing, you know what I mean? So like, I was excited about what two was going to give me and I was hoping for it and it gave it to me. So as far as, and I really want to say this because there's so many arguments and it comes up all the time, book versus movie, book versus television, whatever. I think just like Allison said, and Tom said, uh, what an amazing way to update it, you know, bring up the time. And then a lot of people talk about woke and social justice war and all that stuff. Shut up. Because they they made good. They changed the race of the, the you know, the, the main character. It did not feel like a, you know, sort of like a, uh, you know, like a woke thing. It, it absolutely brought depth and texture. They leaned into it, like Allison said. I'll get more to the second episode in a second. So for me, also, this is important what time period they chose, that ragtime period. So the costume could be sort of outlandish, New Orleans, all of that, the, the lush velvet walls and the front, like what a great- Oh, the set design and yes. the costume is impeccable. Yes. Absolutely yes. amazing. So, yeah, so that brought me into the first episode, the look of it, the feel of it. But the second episode for me uh, really kind of brought out uh, um, uh, Lestat's obsession with Louis. It even talked about his existential crisis, about I'm lonely, I want a partner. So they jammed a lot also, his, in. His, his issue with God. He has some yes. serious Yeah, he does. Beautiful. <laughs> like, a lot of stuff they brought in that really, abs- if, if you remember uh, in the bu- book, and I like I said, you don't need to have read the book, and I, I like that the show is about, well, you don't need to have read the book, but let me talk about it for a second. A lot of the frustration of actually Louis in the book and viewers were sort of like Lestat wouldn't give any information do you know what I mean like he wouldn't tell him what the vampires were like he wouldn't tell him this he wouldn't t- and Louis was like asking him all these questions and Lestat was like I don't care I don't know I'm not telling you shit oh sorry um so <laughs> for him to talk about uh, his own personal crisis and they made up this history it's not in the book uh you know about this and that he wanted to be a religious he wanted to go into the monastery and no well no that it is in it is in the vampire Lestat. no 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 i meant in the first book i meant in the first no you're right but but i like that they they reached into they did use um things i mean they didn't just make that up no no that they reached into another book yes um into vampire Lestat to give you that information sorry which is which is definitely fair game with adaptation of yeah exactly seeing these days yes i misspoke what i meant is that they didn't i don't mean that they invented it but they smooshed it all into the first two episodes all of it they didn't take they didn't take their time in a good way is what i'm saying so for me two brought out what one started to give me in terms of promise and then two made me be like oh i'm in i was like you know it's rich and detailed and nuanced and blah 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 so i think the first two need to be watched together i do i really feel pretty strongly about that all right, well, we need to move on because we, we've only talked two shows and we're 30 minutes in. So we need to keep going. Uh, thumbs up for Interview with Vampire. Way up, way uh, up. So next up, we're going to talk about The Patient and we're going to talk about episodes four through six because we're really behind. 
Um, but episode four, the big deal, the big reveal is that, you know, at the end of three, he's like, he's like, is that you or hello? And you don't know who he's talking about. And the answer is he's talking to the mom. So we have the serial killer who's living in the basement and his mom lives upstairs and she knows everything that he's doing. And it's crazy. And she's an accomplice. She is absolutely. She's like, well, I don't think it's right that my boy kills people, but it's not like I can turn him in. And I was like, oh my God, who are you? Girl, turn <laughs> him in. He'll go after you. She does not have, know how these stories often end. <laughs> it's just so crazy. And then what I really liked, I think is in four or five where he's doing something and the therapist like calls the mom. She's like, come down here, get him, you know, get him under control. And she's like, oh, the second she sends him to his room. It's hilarious. When he drags Elias in. Right. And he's going to kill him right there. And she calls him on and the mom is like, go to your room, go to your room right now. And I was like, what is happening? It was so great. Like he is so damaged but he's never like not lived with his mom. So like he does what she says. It's so strange. Uh, so Codependent. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. You want to hear what you think about it? No, it's, Oh, I have zero patience for her. Cause she is an accomplice. Oh, and, absolutely. And if she survives <laughs> and there is a trial, she would be up there too. She would be charged. Oh, yeah. Cause she's been hiding his, and he's, the 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 therapist is literally chained to the bed the whole time and so that's definitely if he doesn't get killed that's definitely at least kidnapping that she's totally participating in oh yeah well no but a comp you could argue accomplice for oh yeah all the all the things all well the, the thing that the, the thing that got me in episode six is um he 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 strang he murders the dude right in front of steve carell and steve oh carell successfully talked him out of doing it immediately like three or four times right but but the dude just straight up murders i mean strangles him to death and it was like whoa you yeah. know i gotta hand this is not surprisingly this is from the the team that brought us the americans and although the americans was a uh, was an hour-long drama this is a half hour i don't know if i could deal with a full hour every week uh, it's so intense <laughs> Because yeah, it is so tense. And the backstory of Steve Carell, um, I guess it's episode six where he basically he's starting to have a psychotic break. No, that's seven. That's seven. No, seven is because the the murder happens in six. The psychotic break starts in seven. Well, you talking about the flashbacks or the actual the other room? Well, the the therapy session. That's seven. That's seven. Are you sure? Because pretty sure. Yeah. Have eight. I think it's in six. No, it's not. He doesn't have his break until he watches this murder. Once he watches the murder, he has a break. The, the murders. Anyway, at the, let's not talk about. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, it's great. Watch it. it. Catch up. You'll love it. Uh, Steve well, Carell, I, amazing. I just wanted to talk about just the fact that Steve Carell. I I mean, he's known as a comedian. But he is doing such good work. He's he he was in a movie called uh, I want to say it was called Foxfire, about a true a, a true life crime case about this basically wrestling fan who ends up murdering the star wrestling wrestler. Okay. And he's he's the bad he's the antagonist in that, and he did a good job in that. But this is I think this is a trickier role because playing playing evil characters is not the most difficult for actors but making this making this shrink 
well-rounded and interesting and the flashbacks of his own family dysfunction his wife died of cancer and his, br- right. his son basically goes ignores him like disowns the go, family goes right. goes full-on orthodox jew to the point that it's considered you know not mainstream judaism but no it's it's great kudos all around and man i like how they're bringing the religion into it it's it's coming it's coming in weaving into the story in a nice way yep like yeah so i'm not sure i feel about the serial killer guy like i mean the actor obviously is i'm waiting for somebody to take him out you will yes and i'm not talking about i'm on a date (laughs) yes that's true i just I'm, i'm just talking about the nuances of his performance um but anyway let's move on Thumbs up for me. Watch the patients. We so should, good. We should be caught up next week, I think, on our discussion. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Vampire Academy, and we're going to talk episode six and seven, I believe. Are we on? I don't know. Uh, whatever's the most recent two episodes. Um, and so, basically, in the last couple episodes, the main deal is that. Alyssa, what is her name? Alyssa? She finds out that she has the ability to control spirit. or So she can do mind control, she can heal, and she wants to know what that means and what the darkness means. And so she goes on this big journey to investigate all that and to find out who she is and what it means to be who she is. Um, and I really like that one, they didn't take forever for her to find this information out. And two, I love the twist. So, Yusin, what did you think? Without um, getting the twist away. Yeah, I think that the show is definitely doing that thing. Are we at six, seven? Uh, it's got yeah. its momentum going. The train is not, a, I don't mean autopilot, but it is clearly on the tracks. It is moving at the right speed. Um, I liked... Uh, you know, I think that there was a lot of talk about how it doesn't seem like a vampire show and vampires shouldn't have as much magic as they do and yada, yada, yada. And I believe I spoke to the fact that I don't mind. You know, it's a twist on on vampire vampirism. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, sure, it's non-traditional. It does. They do feel less like vampires. Um, but they give us enough vampire stuff, you know, and uh, the Strigoi, I think, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, adds that, you know, very familiar sort of like, it's even sort of like it reminded me of um, Legend or what, the one with Will, Will Smith where there's like the higher, you know, zombies and then the lower, you know, thinking ones that, you know, that, and, and, and it seems like they're moving us towards like that they're not mindless, like sort of uh, monster-esque, you know, kind of people. They can, they can have a mission and follow orders. Yeah, like you know that. what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, the, the uh, forgive me, but Alyssa's boyfriend, who's, I hate, I hate um, reducing him to, but the Asian dude, um, his, bo- his, her girl boyfriend, um, his parents are apparently Strigoi. So there's, I feel like there's a lot going on. And uh, I like that, you know, because uh, there's a sister, uh, you know, the, the 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 um the guy who wants to be king the the black man you know uh there's yeah, a storyline yeah. his, his daughter yeah, his... she's like you know she's one of the special ones you know with the black eyes we'll just call it the black eyes one you well, know call it the darkness oh the darkness so there's yeah. that storyline there's the political intrigue of the who's going to be the king there's the uh, 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 um what well, is it? I like Not the here. idea I like the idea that the queen 
felt boxed in because yes. they were like, the church will not support yes. your church. You know, yes. and we're going to, you can't rule without the church. And she's like, fine, let's yes. go to old church rules yep. and let's make it a competition. Yep. And let's see if your niece can win that competition. Yep. And she's I, pretty sure I, the answer to that is no. Right. <laughs> that I thought that was a surprise. I did not guess that. I thought it was a good out for the, you know, like, oh, how's this going to work? The other thing I want to say is, Clearly there's romance going on, uh, you know, all over the show. And uh, we've discussed how the ginger got killed off too soon because I loved his romance with the, you know, the sister. That being said, I buy, I buy the main, the other main uh, romance between the Dompier oh, and Rose. they've made it to, we can't be together. Yeah, yeah, they've already made it to the, <laughs> we're together, we're not together, but we're going to be together again. You know, like, I'm sure they'll be together and not together at least two more times, which is right. fine. Like, it's a trope, and I'm yeah, on I that buy train. Their, I buy their chemistry, I do. Yeah, I think the but chemistry. Then I also like, felt so bad for her, because he breaks up with her, and then five minutes later, her best friend's like, we can never see each other yes. again. Yes. And I was like, no. Yeah, I'm very, I like the, the Alyssa more than I did in the beginning, just like you, you didn't really, you know, you didn't really like her. I wasn't impressed. I think she's fine now. I think she's more comfortable in her role. I've always liked Rose, but I like her even better. I think she does the yeah. action well. I think she does the softness with her friend well. I think she does the love thing with the, the boy, you know, really well. So I, you know, she's, to me, she's almost a little bit more of the lead, uh, but again, Fairly, it's because yeah I, like, her, I, yeah, I like Rose way better too. Yeah, but but, but to be fair, her, her role calls for her to you know it, it's meatier and it gives her more to do. You know what I mean? And it 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 force it asks her to be more strong in 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 a, in a way that's very relatable and physical. Where Alyssa is supposed to be the meek but strong one. You know what I mean? So I think she's she is hampered by that the the role and maybe even the uh, the the writing. But I think that the show is fun. It's not any less fun than Legacy was. And we all were on the Legacy train for a long time. It's different than Legacy. I'm not saying it's got the same beats or the same story, whatever. Um, it's I, similar. I, no. I, I will say it's similar. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it isn't. No, but I'm saying it, I don't, I'm not, they're, I'm not overwhelmed with the Scooby gang. Um, they don't have a lot of like weird, it's, it's their humor. There's not a lot of humor in this show. So Legacy's. I loved the humor. I loved it. You know, it was very kind of Buffy-esque, the humor. There was a lot of wink-wink. There were a lot of, like, standalone episodes. I enjoyed Legacy for what it was. Vampire Academy, I'm enjoying it for what it is. It's on that par. Okay, I'm almost done. It's on that par of, like I said, if you can enjoy a show like Legacies, I feel like you can enjoy a show like Vampire Academy. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk uh, Mighty Ducks uh, 1 and 2. Um, and I like that they took a problem, which is they couldn't get Amelia Estevez to come back because of COVID. Uh, and they made that into the crux, kind of the crux of, they shifted the story. In an a way opportunity. There you go. They turned it into an opportunity. So instead of coming back for like season two, the Mighty Ducks all, you know, doing a new thing. They were like, you know what? Let's do something else entirely. So mysteriously, the, the rink that they go to is shut down for repairs, so we have we have no reason to see Emilio Estevez. And so they send them to this camp where we meet our new leading guy. And I think what that does is by the time we finish the season, that puts them in the position of Emilio Estevez is like, okay, I'm fine to come back. Or they're like, this guy's better. He's going to take over that rink now. Like they've put, they've given themselves the option. And I like the new lead guy. I think he's great. Ashton Mel, yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. And I, I love his animosity <laughs> with uh, Lauren 
Uh, good morning, Graham. Thank you. I love his animosity with her because it totally fit. He's she's like it's summer camp. He's like no, it's a league or whatever he calls it. And then he call, he's like he called it a camp. It was so that like I love the reason why they don't get along. I just is, think he's. A, I mean, face it, we've we've all known that Charlie Sheen's a hot mess, but he's a better actor than Estevez. In right. this case, I think Dumel, I think he's a, a more classic leading man than Estevez, and I think he's a better actor. Oh, yeah. I, I like him a lot better. I think he's way more a leading man. I kind of, because Estevez, I was like, well, I guess I want them together because they're both the leads of the show. But now I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I want them together. <laughs> <laughs> I want the dude from Vegas. Uh, so, did you catch the cameos of the ducks from uh, the Legacy Ducks? including uh, Foggy from Daredevil? No, I did not. In episode one, before they leave the city, they have a, they have a quick cameo from Eldon Henson, who played Foggy on, uh, Foggy on Daredevil, uh-huh. and then one of, the other, one of the other duck players from Oh, were they doing the repairs on the, on the rink? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I saw them, and I thought they looked vaguely familiar, but that's all I got. <laughs> I, and I, I just and I like the, the the second episode where they put them through these trials. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. You know what? I thought that was a good way to bring actual ice hockey back into the show. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, it was sort of like my complaint with League of League of their, Our Own or League of the, Their Own um, was I felt like in the beginning there just wasn't enough baseball for me uh, and the kind of energy that comes with baseball. So I won't speak long on this because the show is is slight. It's a slight show, and it's a kid show. What? It's a it's kid, a kid show. show. Yeah, no, no. I thought, listen, I watch kid shows. The Avatar was a kid show, you know. Um, the but anyway, my point is this: that wasn't a diss. Uh, I'm watching it. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. I don't expect much from the show. It's a slight show. You know what I mean? So I don't expect much. I'm not getting that much. Uh, it's a lovely little show. Uh, I don't have a complaint about it, honestly. That's my point. Uh, and I like that the second episode, you know, brought back the competitiveness and, you know, and the sort of that Mighty Ducks rising to the occasion kind of a thing. I mean, that's what we watch, right? The, you know, that's what we want. So it's giving me what I want and what I expected. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, m- minus the fact that Josh Demel is easy on the eyes. You know what I mean? Like, don't <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just lay back or, or sit back and you're like, I'm just going to watch him move, you know? So... But to me, besides the acting, he's charming. He has like an innate charm to him. Uh, and that to me is actually more important because, you know, dime a dozen good looking guys, right? So to me, the the quality of him being charming is actually sweeter to me uh, in getting together with uh, Lauren Graham. So they, you know, they they did that as, you know, a good choice as well. So yeah, no, I, I like the show. It's, it's sweet. It's a light little show. All right, let's move on. Uh, thumbs up, I guess we're saying. Uh, sure. Next up, let's talk She-Hulk attorney at law and i'm gonna let allison start this discussion since she has to talk a little bit um i just want to talk the newest episode because there's so much to unpack in the newest one which is you have daredevil show up you have matt murdoch show up in court and then you have that tag at the end which i like that she turned to the screen and was like in the episode over why are we still going what does this mean uh so i thought that was cute but allison what do you think of the episode 
Um, well, I, you know, the, the, the last couple of episodes have been kind of draggy for me. I, I, overall, I love the series, but it's, it's, you know, the last kind of episodes were sort of, eh. this episode made up for it for the most part. Um, I, it was, it was just incredibly fun. I mean, please more Matt Murdock. You can, you can absolutely put him in everything. And the two of them have amazing chemistry together. Yeah. They are just absolute gold. Uh, so it, it was it was just fun from the moment he shows up in court and starts making little deprecating jokes about needing to find a parking space. Um, <laughs> and it was it was just it was great. I mean, he's he's just purely charming and and wonderful. And whether he's he's there, you know, as as Matt Murdock lawyer or he's he's, uh, you know, being being cute and fun over drinks at the bar or whether he's, you know, as Daredevil it's it's just it it works 100% and the two of them together um are just fantastic amazing chemistry i I, like, I, re- I really like them when they were having the conflict about how to take out the bad guys <laughs> that was fun like, uh, give me fun. like 10 seconds per guy per winter she's like i'm not waiting a half an hour and he's like i don't think you did that math correctly you know <laughs> so it's just I was thoroughly enjoying him fight these guys in the hallway. And I was like, oh, is this going to be another hallway fight? And then she nope. She was like, oh. She smash. Yeah, Yeah. she smash. And I thought that was fantastic. Because at first, I was really getting into it. I was like, wait, but this is a Hulk show. This is not, you know, so I felt weird about enjoying it so much. But I like that they gave me what I wanted, but still kept the show true to what the show was. Yes, and and also and also the characters true to what they are. Um, so I I really I really just enjoyed absolutely every bit of it. The there was you know so much humor in the show and this douchey guy who's his his issue with the suit and the whole thing. It was every, everything about oh, it just leapfrog and rip it, rip it, rip it, and his 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 secret secret. Uh, Lair, the lily pad in literal neon lights above the the place. I mean, it was, it was just, it was fantastic. It was fantastic right up until that bit at the end. And then it reminded me now see, because it, this is where it, they just keep doing the same thing that, that pisses me off, which is that which essentially reminding me that this is a show that will never pass the Bechdel test. Um, everything yeah. in this show seems to, and they would never do this if, if it was a male hero. Yes. It's all about her relationship with men yes. and how yeah, she's yeah, not yeah, adequate yeah, for work. certain men yes. yeah. and yep. how she fails at some level. And yep. then at the end, they actually lean into it to the point of actually literally slut shaming her. Yep. Slut shaming. Oh, and yeah. I'm, and you know, there's there's a point where it it looks like the the show is making a commentary on that kind of thing, and then there's a point beyond that where it just looks like, yeah, that's lip service. You're indulging in that kind of thing, and yeah. and this this is what it's just, the, the ending just ruined it for me. It really well, did because they keep going back to this well, well over let, and let, over let, in this let, series. Uh, Houston, Houston seems to have a comment. 
yeah no no because this is again one of those things where like i agree with first of all thank you allison because you saved my breath because that i was gonna that's pretty much mostly what i was gonna talk about except what's really interesting is uh i agree with i mean i was laughing along with all you guys you know all the stuff that you guys had pointed out which was funny or good i agree with all of that i cannot i cannot thumbs up the show uh, the episode or and i'm kind of off the show now because of what because of what Allison said, I can't believe that I invested this much time, meaning all the episodes, right, uh, on basically a commentary on a superhero that's a woman. She stars in her own show. Every two episodes or three episodes, she gets a sidekick. And yes, Matt Murdock was charming. The, the, the stuff between them was great. The yada yada, chemistry, blah, blah, blah. That is not what I signed up for. I wanted a female superhero. You know, they even gave her a job. Like, like being a superhero wasn't enough for her. So now we have to get her backstory. Great. But she is uh, like, you know, miserable. Even the episode before, we're not going to talk about it, except that she went, I will say that very quickly. She went into some like, you know, sleep, uh, sleep away camp, you know, for like, uh, you know, for um, what was it? Uh, addicts or whatever. And she talks about it being stood up by a man, ghosted by a man. And I thought, are you kidding me? I was like, she goes to this thing where people are talking about this and this and this. And the thing she brings up is, well, I slept with this guy and he didn't call me back. And I, I mean, if I had a sharp object, I would have stuck it in my eyeball because I was like, what am I watching? You know what I mean? And so even better, she gets her affirmation for herself from a group of men. Yes, oh, yes, I'm telling you, there's not a single so other woman wrong with this series. So, and it was written by women and it was directed by women. And listen, the last thing I will say, because I mean, I could rant on this forever because I already agreed with you guys. All the good stuff can't disagree with. However, the last thing I will say is they played the slut shaming for the dude as pure humor. When he walks home with his boots in his hands, you know, the doing the walk of shame the next morning, he was not being shamed. It was played nope. for like sort of a, you know, a, it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, not just a joke. It's the walk of shame. Just a joke. You know what I mean? It was it was sort of a, a, a sort of a whistle to like it, it, you know, him being like a he got laid. You know what I mean? Like it was a power thing, and I could not be more upset about that episode this episode in for that reason and for that reason this episode has ruined the entire series for me i can't i can't recommend it i i'm upset that i watched you know this amount of it and i will stop talking okay tom real quick yeah i can't disagree with here's i think the problem i think they really leaned into it's a superhero show meets ally mcbeal yeah. and if you remember ally mcbeal covered many of the same ground the problem is that was a couple of decades ago. Mm -hmm. We're in the, you know, we're in the twenties now. So I wish they hadn't gone to the places where they went. I really did not like them slut shaming her in the thing and making her Hulk out for some reason. We don't know. However, comma, I did love the interactions with Charlie Cox's daredevil. Uh, I saw the rooftop argument thing at D 23 early in the month. I've been sitting on or early, early in September because they showed it at D 23. Um, I wish the show had been more even. That's the problem I have. And I wish, I, I think the biggest problem is that they made her, you know, basically sex in the single superhero, female superhero. And I yeah. don't think that was the right approach to take no. with this character. No, not at all. A little well, bit of it would have been funny and fine. We got we to gotta, we move on, guys. We got to move on. Uh, so I'm taking from this, all the thumbs are down. Is what's happening? No, Allison loved it. Thumbs up for Daredevil. I, yeah, it's a thumbs are mixed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Let's go on to Andor. 
And this episodes four and five, which is basically, as I call it, the heist. Because what I just found sure. out is that the prepping for the heist, prepping. But yeah. basically, what the showrunner said that he's doing is he's used to doing movies, so he's basically doing every three episodes is a movie for him. So the storylines will be three episodes, three episodes, three episodes. So, so are we getting nine? Gotten, is that what you're saying? We're getting to not total nine. Uh, I think we're getting twelve actually. Well, this oh, season, twelve so season excited. one, twelve season two. Yeah. So. This is good. This these first these episodes four and five are the first two episodes of the next story, which is what I'm calling, like I said, the heist. Sure. But it was all prep for the actual heist, which will be next week. Sure. And I like it. I like meeting these rebels. I like I like the fact that uh, Cassian basically gets thrown in without any prep, without any information, and he's having to like wing it. And he he's a mercenary and he's trying to hide it and he knows that these he can't tell who even hired him. So there's so many problems to the situation and they're having to explain they have like three days to prep and they get this new guy. And so it, it creates a lot of problems, but I like how they've dealt with those problems, especially in episode five. Episode five I liked a lot better than four. So uh Tom, do you wanna go? No, I thought it was great. I, I'm really digging um the dude who was the idiot cousin in The Bear. Oh, I love him. Oh, yeah, yes. he's great. I thought he was great. He's part of the crew that Cassian has locked horns with. And I also like he, getting he was to shirtless. Mon- he was shirtless all the time. Trust me. He oh, literally. Right. With the See? I told you you would know that. <laughs> and I well, also like. guy that didn't have a shirt on. So yes, that that's what I just easy. said. All right, go ahead, Tom. I also like seeing Mon Mothma's story because. Yes. It's interesting seeing the other side of the wealth and wealth and privilege, and yet she's got this secret, this double life, helping start this burgeoning rebellion. And it seems like her husband's part of the one percent or whatever, and her daughter's a brat who needs to be smacked through a wormhole or something. I am so sick of emo teens. I'm so sick of petulant emo teens. Yeah, we could have left that part out. I was like, why does she even have to have a daughter? Like, I, I didn't feel like her storyline was necessary. Correct. I, I'm sure later on it will become important, but right now I feel like she's extra just weight. Oh, and um, uh, Cyril Karn's mom. Cyril Karn is the uh, the corporation dude who totally got... Yeah, his mom just like slaps him and... Yeah, yeah. but the actor who plays her, Catherine Hunter, is amazing. She plays the witch slash witches in the tragedy of Macbeth. She's oh. amazing. So... Yeah. I, I expect interesting things from that storyline. Well, okay, can I, I go? Just, I'm assuming he's not going to just disappear. No. Uh, okay, Yusin, go ahead. What you got? Uh, yeah, because I think, I, mean, I don't know if this is the first time I'm talking about Andor, but um, I, I, no, I don't think it is. Uh, I love the last two episodes so much. Um, I To me, this is a show that I had high expectations for. I was really crossing my fingers. I was like, please be good. Please be what I'm hoping it is. And it has given me what I wanted. Um, I like all the different storylines. I won't repeat them because if you're watching the show, you know what they are. Um, I think that our Diego Luna, you know, our hero, I love that he's subtly the boss. You know, I love that scene where he's like, 
you're left-handed, you're right-handed, you're this, you're that, you do that. I was like, oh, I was like that And to also me. he's like, and I'm the pilot. Because yeah. Because obviously don't know how to pilot. Yeah. yeah, so he clearly is, He, you know what I mean? He's operating from a point of like strength and like security in his own masculinity. And he's not traditionally like super buff or like coming in, guns blazing or, you know what I mean? He's like, you know, to me it's, and he's like a guy of quiet, he exudes a quiet sort of confidence and, and yet he's sympathetic. So he's not like overly, you know, like toxic masculinity. Um, he gives me a, a sort of the vibes, not quite, not quite, but it's sort of like the Harrison Ford sort of like reluctant hero kind of like, you know, okay, I'm totally capable. I guess I'm going to have to stand up and do it because you need me. You know what I mean? So I love that energy. I love the set design and the costumes of the empire and the woman. It, it reminded me when she walked into that dinner room, dinner table, dining room, I guess it's called. It reminded me so much of classic Star Wars when they walk into the doors and Lando Calrissian is like standing at the end of his table, you know, and it's just a dining room, but it is powerful and simple and sort of awe, you know, kind of struck, you're kind of awestruck. So it's giving me old school Star Wars energy which is just what i have been wanting forever and uh you know like you said the heist even the heist it's a heist you know i mean it's very star wars nothing new nothing interesting they're gonna pretend to be soldiers they're gonna go in against all odds steal something who cares i'm you know it's in the details it's in the performances it's in you know so for me her costumes i don't know the empire lady the senator or whatever mon mothma what is it Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. Okay, Mon Mothma. I'm almost done, guys. Um, stunning. Every and she's so yes. she's very much um Kristen. I forget what she I I can't remember her Chris, name. Oh, Kristen Scott Thomas. Thank you, Kristen Scott. I thought it was her at first, you know. Nope. Um so but she's got this regalness and coldness and yet gentleness. Like everyone like a, most of the performances are nuanced. So we've got strong acting, we've got beautiful set pieces, we've got great costumes. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, like a, like the storyline is what it is. Like I said, but it's shot like a movie, like you said, but I mean, looks wise, the score, I am very happy with the show. Can you tell, can you tell? <laughs> All right. Uh, Allison, go ahead. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I, I really am, am, am enjoying this so far. And I was, I was kind of, you know, holding back because uh, up until this point, really, it's been kind of a mixed bag with the Star Wars stuff. I get really excited about it, and then the show actually happens, and it's like, eh. But so far, um, this is, is, <laughs> yeah, um, so far, this one is, is really living up to, to the hype, and I'm really enjoying, enjoying it, and as, as uh, Yusin said, the the sets and the costumes are are beautifully done. I mean, really gorgeous. I have to say, the first time that they showed Mon Mothma, I was I was all over her her outfit that she was wearing. That was that was stunning. Not just because I mean they've done pretty costumes before in Star Wars, sure. but what made hers particularly unique um, was the it was it was a character costume. It was not just oh really pretty and elaborate and flowy and blah, blah, blah. It was something I would expect a powerful senator to wear. Excellent point, Allison. It was, it was mm -hmm. tasteful, at, but it was elegant. And when they got to the close-up shots, it was tailored like fine couture. It was gorgeous. And it's important. Um, and, and that the attention to that kind of yes. detail is, I mean, that even goes to the costumes that they were wearing, you know, to, to masquerade as shepherds. Those looked authentic too. Like they, you know, they pulled it off a shepherd on a, on a, 
hillside somewhere. It was absolutely beautifully done. Everything looks texturally and, and visually man, magnificent. Um, so I'm really impressed with that. And the cast so far is terrific in their roles. I really don't know, honestly, wh where they're going with Cyril Car Karn, other than, yes, he's he's going to be a problem. He's going to be this, this Javert-like figure who keeps going after them. But so far, you know, he's just kind of a silly mama's boy who keeps getting slapped around by his tiny little mom. Um, which is funny, but it's not it, it, it's not terribly compelling at the moment. So I hope that they'll they'll actually tie that in more quickly. The rest of it, though, I'm really getting into, and I can't wait for the them to actually pay off with the actual heist next week. Yeah. All right, uh, we're gonna move on to something that's technically a movie, but it was on Disney Plus and it's by Marvel. So we're gonna make a slight exception for this, which is Werewolf by Night. And it was Marvel's first toe tip into horror. And we get a werewolf. We get the swamp. There's a swamp monster. Man-Thing. Man-Thing, sorry. We got Man-Thing. We got uh, these these uh, hunters. And uh, we get introduced to Eliza Stone. Elsa. Bloodstone. Close. That was close. No? Okay. <laughs> Um, so I like, I, I know nothing about any of these characters. I watched one of the behind the scenes to kind of like get some backstory and history, but I like, cause just basically on the previews, it looked like Elsa was going to be like this whimpering, cowering hero. And they very quickly, I wish I hadn't seen the trailer, honestly, because the surprise that he's a werewolf was a good surprise. But because I'd seen the trailer, they tell you that. And well, it is called well, Werewolf, it's called by, werewolf night. by Night. And he's got yeah, top I didn't know who the werewolf Bit was. Bit of a giveaway. I didn't know who it was. So I, I wish I just hadn't known anything. Because then I'm just waiting for him to turn. But I thought the story was super charming. Um, it wasn't particularly... It had some blood, but it wasn't super bloody. Dude, that's why they shot it in black and white. Because that would have been, right. been TVMA in color. That's true. <laughs> Uh, but it was okay, and I just—they had humor in it. it. It had a feel goodness to it, and it felt like the beginning of a story. So it almost felt like a pilot, where I was like, "Okay, now, now, where's the rest of it? I, I want more now." Um, so I thought this was a really good start to this kind of show, and it was just really well done. Uh, Allison, you want to go? Yeah, I, I really, I loved it. Actually, I loved it from the time I saw the trailer. The trailer made me excited because they, they went all in with the, the stylistic look of, of like an old 1930s uh, movie, you know, horror movie mm -hmm. and, and the advertisements for it that you would see in the theater and that kind of thing. And I thought that's that's fantastic. And where, whereas they didn't go 100% with that style with this, they still had really nice touches like the green in the film and, and every and, once in a while it would look like there would be holes in the film too. Right. Well, there was, there was, there's, there's like this little um, oval that would show up in the corner of the screen, right. which in theaters um, that used to be the, the thing that would let the projectionist know to change reels. And that detail really stood out for me. And I was like, that's cool. That's really neat. Um, so the, whereas they didn't necessarily use, you know, the standard like 1930s cinematography, they were they had a much more movable camera and that sort of thing. Uh, it's still there. The, the touches were beautifully done and the deco look of everything. 
um, was was just great. The only thing that I could say that that was um, kind of a, a criticism is that I would have loved to it, it to be longer. Um, I I think felt like a pilot. I need more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it was like I think it, they could have had it as a two hour movie rather than an hour long piece. Because I wanted to get to know more about these characters. I don't know yeah. anything about the... I didn't even know that that Ted was Man-Thing. Um, <laughs> I, I just... It's just Ted. This Cthulhu-like creature that was hilarious. Um, and I, I loved all of that. But I wanted to get to know more about these people. Because I, I literally knew nothing going in. And... Um, I, I wanted to spend more time. We got to know the, the the Scottish guy a little bit, but really nothing about the others. Some of them didn't even have any dialogue. I, was and, like, I don't think I knew their names at all. And the Scottish dude, I was calling him the Scottish dude. Pretty much. You know, I, I still don't really know. Uh, the only, There's only one name of one guy that I know of, and he didn't have a single line of dialogue. And that's because I saw it in the credits. You really do notice the flaming tuba when it stands out. You know? <laughs> that flaming tuba was awesome. That was that was pretty funny, but I I, I loved that. And but the thing is, you don't get to know any of these characters before they die. And I would have liked to have had some some idea of what was going on with them, and also more about what was happening between the step the the stepmother. And yeah, Elsa. They, they, they had a lot of animosity. Clearly, lot, and there's a history there. And I, you know, whereas I don't want to know the whole soap opera, I would have liked to have some context other than one conversation. So I think I think they could have honestly, op- I mean, and I can't believe I'm saying this about in anything in the MCU, it could have been longer. Um, <laughs> and it, it really could have been a two-hour piece instead of a one-hour. But for what it was... I just enjoyed the hell out of it. It was I, I had agree. so much fun watching this thing. And I if they want to sequelize it, please, I'm there for the further adventures of, of Jack and Ted. I, and I want to see Elsa Bloodstone because now that she is in control of the Bloodstone and, and she has the mansion and she has all the power of her family now, I want to see her go on hunts or why does she want? We never found out why she wanted the Bloodstone. I, that's exactly true. I mean, we never get that answered and, and I, wa- I want to know why now. So. I'm a big fan of leaving people wanting more instead of dreading less. That's and true. But we're I think that, they you know, wet our appetites supremely. I think the, you know, waiting till the final moments of the episode for for Jack to transform. And right. then uh, this was Michael Giacchino's de- directorial debut. He's the composer behind many of your favorite movie and TV themes, including the Marvel fanfare, the Doctor Strange theme, the Spider-Man Homecoming theme, the Star Trek 11 theme, yada, yada, blah, blah, the list goes on. But no, I, um, I recognize Man-Thing straight away. Uh, but the thing I love about this is it it's a big tease. It's kind of, it's it's not even a backdoor pilot. It's really just a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> as a special, but yeah. everything was I mean, I'm a big fan of Gael Garcia Bernal uh oh, even before great. Mozart in the City. Uh I really I'd seen the female lead in something before, but she was great and the fact that she's not just some well, well, side she was in um, Joss Whedon's uh, She oh, was the lead of the right. Nevers. That's right. That's the right. Nevers, yes. I kept yes. thinking, why do I know her? Why do I know her? Um, but um, but I love that she had a lot of agency. She's not just yeah. some damsel in distress. And she's really, I would argue she's the protagonist of this pilot. 
because yeah. it's her story. And mm-hmm. she's the one who ends up with the bloodstone. But I want to know more about the bloodstone. I want to know more about how Jack came to be cursed. I want to know more about his friendship with Manfing. Just, you know, more, more, more. Yes, agreed. All right, we're saying thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Way up. Next up, we're going to talk about the Rings of Power. And uh, we have two episodes to discuss. But um, I actually talked to Allison a little bit off podcast about the first of the episodes. And you had a lot more problems with it than I did. I, I am liking Rings of Power way more than I'm liking House of Dragons, mainly because it's like for me the stakes feel bigger. I feel like you've got all these people in these different places, and they're all coming together to tell a bigger, grander story. And we're talking if they fail, everyone dies, and so you know that would suck. Um, but I like. The, the stakes of what's going on with the elves and the um, dwarves, like, it, it basically translates to the real world, which is the dwarves are only caring, like, the king is like, our kingdom's the only thing that matters. We don't care if all the elves die, let them die, you know, which is such a small-minded view of the situation. And when uh, he has this bi- the big fight with his father, the father like rips off his symbol of pow- of office. He's like, "You're not gonna be, you're not prince anymore. I'm gonna find somebody else to rule after me." And all of that it was crazy. And I like that his the whole conversation with his wife. His wife is like, "Nope, he doesn't get to decide." And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" So we're doing this whole other thing. Like, but I loved his friendship with the with the with the elf, where he's like, "He's my brother." I think that's, and that's great. like the line with his dad was like, that's too far. Yeah. You know, all of that was so good. So Allison, go ahead. Um, well, I, I liked this most recent episode more than I liked the one that led up to it. Um, because I, I mean, there, there were just so many logical problems yeah. with the, the previous episode. We, be, I mean, we, we have out, villagers Evelyn. fighting in the middle of the night and then we cut to, to, uh, the, the Numenorians landing and, and racing their, their horses across the field and it's broad daylight. And they're, they keep cross cutting between the two of them, like it's happening at the same time. And it's like, you know, how big is middle earth that they have the sun out in one place and it's the middle of the night in the other it's like, it's like a walmart it has all different weather like <laughs> there you go <laughs> depends I, I, on where I you stand the, i get the continuity error and i get what you're talking about but and it was confusing but then i realized what they were trying to do and i was like okay that's well, i knew what they were trying to do but it was just it was just uh, nobody caught that error it was it was ridiculous oh, no, they caught the error trust me that error was yeah caught. there's no way that that many people yeah, that was it. not an issue it's, it's, that it's just, that but it, it looked ridiculous it's like you know is it happening at night is it happening in day so i i was having a, a problem with that i was also having a problem with how do they know exactly where to go I mean, you know, this is a big area of the Southlands, but they seem to know that exactly this place, this tiny little nothing village is exactly where they have to be. They had a big battle the night before. So there was smoke and there was fire. There was, it wasn't like. But but that smoke and fire is supposed to be happening at literally exactly the same time that they're racing toward it in the middle of the day. So again, you know, how, how do they know? Um, They, 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 we see them doing this before the fires even start. No, we don't. that's not true. It's just, it's just, it doesn't, well, it, the, it, and it, 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 I, I, we could talk about this forever, I mean, but it I just, it was not, it was not, it, it was not put together I, I, well. 
I didn't have as much problem with the logic because I, I did. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I, I can't, you know, I have a hard time getting past that because I just think it was, it was so much of it was just not logically thought through. And whereas the, where the villagers, you know, their little, their, their way of, of, uh, sabotaging the, um, the orcs and setting the trap in the tower where that was that was like that's brilliant but then what they did immediately afterward by racing back to the to the village which cannot possibly be defended properly was incredibly stupid it's it's like it's i mean pick one are they really dumb are they really smart i mean which one um so there was there were just like a lot of logical lapse problems in, in that particular episode that i have a really hard time getting behind and not least of which was the ending when the 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 uh volcano goes volcano off erupts. and, and they have going. a giant pyroclastic <laughs> flow coming racing toward them which you know if you know anything about volcanoes and and they the, the god knows there's enough uh, movies that have talked about them a pyroclastic cl- flow is it it comes at you at about 5000 degrees yeah so it should have vaporized everyone and everything that, that was there but they have plot armor yeah. and that's the, and that's the thing the only people who survived and literally all of them survived <laughs> were the ones who had even the tiniest bit of plot armor the only one who they even left looking kind of like he's dead is Isildur the who guy who we know positively can't die there. Wait, is he the son of he the has another captain? Thing. Is he the son of the yeah, he's he's the But he's also the great hero who yeah, ends up the biggest king. whacking Sauron. Yeah, he becomes the biggest king yeah, of all time. Totally. So he well, can't die. But no, Until I mean, Aragorn. Yeah, exactly. I want to jump in because uh, like all 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 uh, podcast long, I'm like, I agree with Allison, but um, so I agree with Allison. The that plot, I mean, that uh, inconsistency was like ridiculous that it really confused me. And, you know, again, I really was like, oh, man, I was like, I, I coughed, I sneezed. Did I like miss a whole plot thing? I don't understand what's going on. I was like, I didn't run to the bathroom, did I? I was like, I didn't understand what was going on. It was very distracting. But at some point, I just was like, who cares? So, so and and I did. I did like the math in my head and calculated distances. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So, so to that point, though, I thought it was still shot very well in terms of the action and the score. It, you know, it gave you a battle scene, you know what I mean? And I felt invested. I mean, you know, plot armor, I'm sure not, you know, nobody of importance was going to die. So there wasn't that much of a sort of a, ooh. I will say when the episode ends and all that lava's coming at them, I was like, uh, so the show's over? Yes. Yes. Well, well, listen, it was so so silly, like weird, that I was like, do elves have like a force field power I don't know about? (laughs) Elves can be killed by an arrow. There is no reason why she should have survived that. We know, Allison. We're just, we're just. No, no, yeah. I'm saying, you know, if you're going to have a, a situation where your character's survive something scary that's fine yeah but don't have it be something that is 1000 percent non-survivable well, listen, i mean See, hey, it's a prequel. fantasy world it's, this is a prequel very right? very fantasy this is a prequel and i'm not 100 percent familiar with it i didn't read this cimmerian is that how to pronounce it but they don't have the rights to be cimmerian, cimmerian, cimmerian so they can't draw so, from it 
Yeah. So, yeah. So, so my point is, I was like, maybe like the force field power is something they lost over time. And now we're going to see <laughs> like the force fields, like for real. I was not joking. I mean, I was joking, but I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, how are they going to get out of this? That being said, I do want to move to the, the second episode because like Allison said, I agree with her. I thought that was even, it was better. It was, it was good. It was great. It was definitely um, better. Yeah, it was, you know, so, so for me, I think this whole time I've liked the show more than most of you guys and that's okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like for me, um, here for someone who likes the show more than you guys, I actually had some problems with the episode in terms of the second one or the whatever, in terms of just like, eh, none of it surprising that when they when they did the breadcrumb of like i have a task for you i was like well clearly he's giving him the you know the thing you know what i mean and so when they caught the the guy here's it, this it's not that it wasn't a surprise to me because it wasn't but it seemed illogical that there is this prize thing that they absolutely desperately have to have the first thing i would do is unwrap it like the very first thing is i would grab it and be like oh god you know what i mean and like to, you know, just to really be like, I found it, I got it. Nobody opens it for like three, like a quarter of the back end of the episode. Do you know what I mean? And I thought yeah, that well, was- Well, that was another one of the things in that episode that didn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. It was so anticlimactic, so anticlimactic. Um, but again, that being said, and the plot armor, the whole like, I wasn't sure what that sword was going to do. Do you know what I mean? And I thought, oh. Well, I like that it did something yeah. really cool. That's what I'm saying. So like, you know, it's a mixed bag for sure. And like some of this stuff is ridiculous. But like, but like you kind of alluded to, Libby, it was like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so for me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed all yeah, of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I enjoyed all of it. Like I let go of the inconsistency. I, I had predicted the the red herring thingy, all of that. Doesn't matter. I love the action. I love the acting. Galadriel finally came off to me as somebody that like I could kind of get behind that was inspiring. I thought her scenes with the sun were were um touching and you know self-reflective. And finally she was starting to process like, yeah, I might be at fault for some of this stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry, I'm gonna shoulder the board. But between I the thought two it was of interesting us, that the queen I thought it's also interesting that the queen is now blind. I'm not sure where that means. Didn't guess I that. Thought I thought it was arbitrary. Wait, well, you're watching it. It now? depends on where it goes. I've been watching it. Oh, that's right. No, I no, forgot. No. I'm I'm saying it depends on where it goes. If it goes nowhere, if her being blind doesn't do anything. You go, Tom. I'll stop talking. But you I go. feel like it, 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 it could be interesting. Yeah. Here's, I'm kind of an Alice. Here's my problem with some prequels. When they change the Southlands thing toward the end of episode seven to say, and then they did the match dissolve to Mordor, I'm like, oh, <laughs> We're in the we're in the the Santa Claus is coming to town. So that's where Mordor came from. <laughs> I don't need that from any prequel ever. And I just to be uh, honest, when they showed Southlands, I I thought for a second there's going to be a big line through it or scratching it out. What about for people who have never read the books or or so? Or, I didn't know that. Theory. Honestly, Tom, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah but the, there could have been it a more have at least been a character who says it. There you know, been I a mean, more it just elegant way to so put bad. it. I just thought it was cheesy and weird. I just well, I mean, I once, don't... The, once the volcano happened, I was like, oh, this is Mordor. Yeah. yeah. I realized that once the volcano happened, I would have. I, didn't know I would have rather it came out of Adar or whatever the evil dude's yeah. name was instead right. of. I am very convinced that the stranger is Tom Bombadil. Fight me. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's. I think it's Gandalf. I think it's Gandalf. 
I think he's too serious for Tom Bombadil. Uh, yeah, I think be. he's Gandalf. And also, Gandalf. it explains his connection with the uh, hobbits. hobbits. Yes. They're yes. not hobbits yeah. yet. These are, so these are hobbits. I know, but they're hobbits. And it explains why he loves the hobbits. So much. In any way, but I'm just... It, it's frustrating. I wish the writing was better. That's uh, come on. It's about who are these people? What were the credentials? Why did you hire them above lots of other probably better qualified people? That's my. <laughs> it's I'm, just, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like you're 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 just so upset about that. Wait, I'm the like, acting? Yeah. No, no I'm just saying the writing, writing for oh. season one has not been great, oh, and I have not you. yet. I really liked it. I'm sorry, I didn't dude. mind it. I did not mind it. Some I think it it's really been good. a mixed bag. I, I, I you know, I've enjoyed parts of this series, yeah. but there are other parts that I think are not particularly well put together. And I think, and I've, I've talked about my problems with this, the overall structure of it before. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think Tom's right. I think the, the, you know, the writing needs work. I think I'm not saying that it can't be improved, but yeah. I'm just, I was just reacting to how offended he was. Yeah. <laughs> to the writing. That's all. Yeah, I, my problem is, when you spent this much money, Fair. True. Fair. you could have spent more money on better writers. Fair. <laughs> Maybe they thought right, they were. We're gonna, we're gonna wrap this one up. We're gonna wrap this up. Uh, so that was a mixed bag on Rings of Power. I think we all agree that the second episode was better than the first. Sure. Uh, yes. But and, and strangely, we were all waiting for a battle in the battles the episode. We were like, meh, that's all right. Yeah. But the second, the next one was actually really good. I really like the setup of where we left everything in the second episode. Yeah. So I'm giving it thumbs up. You guys, I am. Bag of thumbs. I'm thumbs all over the place. I would, I would put it a slightly down for the the first one and and the uh, thumbs up for the second. The one of my one. thumbs is burnt and missing in the, the former <laughs> Southlands, now known as Mordor. No, as I said, mixed bags of thumbs. All right. If you have any questions or comments, you send them to tvcampfire.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook, sci-fi.radio, Minneapolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.